So what's up my good people, hello and welcome to another installment of Let's Talk Motorsports with your host Tyreek Waldron, aka The Big Ticket. Um, I just want to say, what's good, what's up? If you're new to the uh, podcast, this is a podcast show all about motorsports. We talk about cars, we talk about MotoGP, Formula One, we talk about uh, the World Endurance Championship, we talk about the German uh, Touring Masters, we talk about 24 Hours of Le Mans, we talking about... All things motorsports, talking about rally cross, uh, we talking about rally in general, we talking about off-road, on-road, all of that good stuff. We were talking about the Moto America series, baby, but uh, today, this episode right here, uh, we're strictly going to focus on Formula One, Moto GP, uh, WEC, the DCM, and um, I'm going to finish it up with a little bit of inspiration, with a little bit of advice from your boy, with a little bit of advice from yours truly. Welcome to the show. Um, I just want to say that, uh, this right here, I think is about like the third episode, the third installment of LTM. Let's talk motorsports. Uh, if you enjoy definitely rated five stars on wherever you're listening, Apple podcast, Spotify should be available on most, if not all, um, streaming services, podcast, streaming services, whatever the case may be, but definitely rated five stars for your boy. Thank you. It helps me move. It helps move the show up. The algorithm helps me get new listeners and keeps me inspired to keep giving y'all more, keep doing what I do best. Moving into the show a little bit. Actually, no, not moving into the show yet. Not done. Uh, if you guys want to show some type of support or if you guys want to, um, you know, Cause I put up show notes, I ask for show notes, ask for questions, stuff like that, or uh, ask for topics to talk about. If you guys want to come in and tell me anything about that, tell me anything that's on your mind, definitely feel free to hit me up on my Twitter at the Big Ticket 7 That's where you can ask me all questions and all things of that nature. That's where you also find plenty of updates on the show, as well as updates on what's going on in the motorsport and and the racing, you know, environment and the racing journey, the racing experience. And also, you can hit me up on my social media. Uh, on where I be at most of the time, but I do definitely be on Twitter damn near all the time. But where I be at on Instagram at Tariq Waldron, that's T A R I G W A L D R O N. Feel free to hit me up there as well. Um, another thing, nah, that should be it. Never mind. <laughs> but welcome to the show where I like to talk about motor sports. So, like the title says, let's do that. Let's talk motorsports. Starting off with Formula 1. Uh the day on which the day of which I'm recording this is September 13th, 2020. Now, I originally planned on doing this on Friday. It is now Sunday. So, the race has already happened. So, I have to dust off some of the stuff that was already a part of my show notes and was already a part of what I was going to be talking about, and I got to change up what I'm doing right now. The way I'm going to do this is Basically, I'm going to run off the cuff. I'm going to run off the top of my head off this stuff right quick. There are going to be uh, some times where I split off and read some notes, uh, read uh, different, you know, different articles and uh, show you guys some clips and all that stuff. Another thing that I'm trying out now before with the last bit of episodes was just me talking. But now I am going to be investing in YouTube. I'm going to be actually pursuing that. So we now have a video podcast. (laughs) If you want to check out the video, if you want to check out the video version of this podcast, head over to YouTube. Um, just go in the search bar, type in Tariq Waldron, or type in Let's Talk Motorsports. You will find me there. Definitely go there, check it out. If you want to see the stuff that I'm talking about, if you want to see me, my visual, want to see my handsome face, whatever the case may be, definitely check it out on YouTube as well. It's a good place to actually, you know, basically feel like I'm having a conversation with y'all. Um, or to feel like you're having a conversation with me, whatever the case, you know, how, how, however it makes you feel. 
But stepping into the Tuscan Grand Prix that happened today. Now, I wasn't able to catch all of the race. It did start at 9 a.m. I do not wake up on 9 a.m. on a Sunday. No, never. Never will. I eh, probably have because I had to go to church plenty of times, but never will again. Uh, <laughs> started at about 9, 9 a.m. today. Now, the Tuscan GP. First, before I get to the actual race, let me start off with what happened in qualifying. Now, qualifying has a bunch of different sections, but Lewis Hamilton now holds the track record for Mugello. And that should be no surprise. He's one of the best. He is, at this moment, the best racer, driver ever. Well, not ever, but, you know, alive or doing still racing whatever the case he is the best he is showcasing everything that he can do and as of right now he is one of my top role models simply because of the fact that he is one of the people that got me interested in this kind of racing simply because he's african-american or or of african-american descent although he is british he is you know still a colored folk still black still african-american uh i am just you know american <laughs> um i'm african-american as well let me not let me not say that but uh, he's one of the reasons that I got into the sports, that I got into motorsports in general. And, you know, he's definitely a role model for plenty of other people, I'm sure. But he has shown why he is top dog all the time. He now holds the new track record for Magello at, I believe, what, 115 and 422 or something like that. Um, he's showcasing that he is here to stay. He is here for the long run. And it is no surprise that... He showed up first on the starting grid, obviously with the fastest ever track time. You would find that at you know at the start of the at first in the starting grid with Botas coming in at second at fifty nine at at, at five hundredths of a second slower um, in the in the qualifying. Now I can talk about my predictions for the race, but I actually know what happened. But you know, fuck it, I'm gonna still talk about my predictions. What occurred in this? See, the way I saw it was, Lewis Hamilton got the track record with the 115, okay? Botas being 59, 50, 50, what is it? 500 of a second or 1500 of a second, whatever the hell it is. Um, behind Lewis, I figured Botas would be able to get a W in the actual race. The reason behind that is because I don't think, I know Lewis is great. I know Lewis is fast. I just didn't think that he would be able to get that 115 track that 115 lap time again and i thought that botas is seemingly always stays consistent with his qualifying and his actual lap time so i was trying i was i was thinking he might be able to he might be able to cap this one that both of them both both drivers are are from mercedes and you can see that they are clearly pushing the limit they are clearly number one and number two Almost all the time. They are the one. They're in contention with themselves, basically. They're in contention with themselves. The other guys, they're not even worried about. Um, now, I'm going to go into this, like, in, into the actual race. Now, into the actual race, there were plenty of crashes that, honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't believe there were so many damn crashes in this race. Uh, it went like this, okay? Starting off, there, there are some notes next to me, so you might catch me glancing and looking down, and I do got to read a couple things. But starting off, Turn two, fresh start of the race, first lap of the race, for stopping in a five-car pileup, not pileup, but in a five-car crash, results in a safety car coming out. Now, they riders have to restart the race, okay? They restart, going, going, nine laps. I believe something else occurs that results in another restart. There was another crash. Yeah, there was a single crash that resulted in another restart. From there, that restart 
begins and three more cars crash at the restart literally at the green light now i don't know what the hell was going on but why why there were so many crashes i have no clue these things the wheels completely destroyed you know cars no longer able to finish uh i think six or seven riders out of the race altogether um moving in now let's say that's just that's damn near half of the half of the starting grid uh now the wet now botas uh at lap nine there was that 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 three crash you know that happened botas was in first from lap one all the way up to lap nine then that crash occurred right and then they restarted okay and that those crashes happened which then required for the session to be stopped allowed for tires to be changed different stuff like that to happen and occur so from there okay damn near half of the grid is gone damn near half excuse me damn near half of the original starting grid is now gone okay so what that means now is that I don't know if it's more competition or less competition, but I know that the riders in front ain't got to worry about really nothing unless they themselves fuck up. Okay, the riders in the back, the riders who qualified low and stuff like that, they got to worry about what other riders, what 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 other drivers are doing. They got to worry about if they fuck up, how am I going to dodge them? How am I going to move? How am I going to do this? And you can see some of the stress in in in, in their in their visual like uh, in their visual uh, representation. You know what I'm saying? Like in their faces. When like if you look at the clips and stuff, if you look at the stuff that I'm, I should be putting in. Hopefully, uh, check out the um, check me out on YouTube, Tyreek Waldron. You'll find Let's Talk Motorsports on there. Uh, if you look at that, if you look at them, and you can see some of them are starting to re- rearrange their focus, starting to think about not crashing rather than winning. Um, that's just what it seems like to me. Now, I know that you know. Guys obviously want to win. Guys obviously want to push themselves. But I know that some of them are going to start, you know, reeling back a little bit. They'd rather finish the race, get points, than not finish at all. Now, at the restart for lap nine, at the re at the re restart, I guess I should say, for that lap, um, Hamilton jumps right in the first, and from there just takes command of the entire race for the entirety of the rest of the race. Doesn't doesn't back off. Doesn't slow down. Stays in first. Botas on his behind. Uh, those two guys competing and battling it out for first place, you know, pole position and doing whatever is necessary to get that championship uh, behind them. I have no idea who was behind them. I was too busy focused on their 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 race up front. Uh, I had to go back and catch a couple uh, highlights and to get some notes down. But um, aside from that, they were battling um, for stopping uh, someone who we seen to be a competitor, someone who I thought would have been uh, a- able to put some more pressure on these guys. Mm-mm. Because of that crash out of turn two and that DNF, he uh that that was that was that was a bummer, that was a bummer. He he would have definitely brought a different level of competition and a different level of intensity to that race for those two guys up front. Um, now uh yeah, like I was saying, Hamilton stayed in front, stayed in front from lap nine all the way up to lap forty six. Now what happened in lap forty six was a crash. Well, actually, for the entirety of the race, I should say honestly, because he still got a good jump start off off of the restart. But uh, at lap forty six, there was a crash based off from a punctured tire, uh, you know, losing traction, this kind of stuff, and ended up crashing off to the side. Uh, the session was stopped again, and from there, there was another restart. Fourteen laps to go. Um, now, Formula One, they were given four hours to actually complete the entirety of the race. Um, with that, it was about 49 minutes or so left in the actual racing, so they had to get everything done quickly, had to get everybody back on track very quickly. And um, from that, 
you know, guys were able to change their tires. Guys were able to, you know, do do what do checkups on the on the cars or whatever was necessary during that stop, and prepare themselves for those last fourteen laps and do and just focus on racing, just focus on the track. Um, Lewis Hamilton comes away with the victory, of course. You know, props to him. I just really thought uh, Bottas would have won simply because of the fact of uh, what I saw in qualifying. Qualifying? No. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> My bad. I'm fucking up right now. Uh, if you like this podcast, rate it five stars. Um, but I, I, he definitely showed that he can. He, 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 he is, he is up there. He is up to par with Lewis, and he is continuing to get better. And. Uh, Whenever Lewis slips, Botas is right there to take the place, and Botas is right there to do it for Mercedes and the, and the Mercedes team. And Lewis is showcasing why he is the best and will remain to be the best. And in my personal opinion, with his young age, he is going to continue to be the best for a long fucking time. And I am in love with it. In love with it. Um, Moving on to MotoGP San Marino, I... That was actually a while ago. That was last week. I was like I said, this was, I was supposed to be recording earlier in Friday and <laughs> upload this, but I didn't. So my bad. I, I'm sorry. My bad. My bad. But um, in the San Marino Quartero or Quartero, however you say his name, I'm sorry. I'm not their parents. Uh, some of these names you will not hear me pronounce it correctly. I apologize. But in the San Marino MotoGP, uh, he crashes. Uh, twice actually uh, has nobody to blame but but himself. Honestly, he was by himself both races, uh, clear enough space from any type of opponent, clear enough space from anybody else being to blame, and it was just him. It was just him doing um, doing whatever you know he had to do. Uh, crashing slide one. I think he. I think he just lost the rear both times. That's all in my personal opinion. I think his lean angle was too aggressive, and he lost the rear both times. Um. He was in contention for that, but uh, with those two crashes, put him out of that race. So I I don't know what's what's gonna happen with it, with with him. Hopefully he's he his his mindset is back on the track. His mindset is back on the race. Um, uh, obviously Masano happened today, of course, on Sunday the thirteenth. Uh, you will be hearing me talk about that in the next episode. So tune in for uh, the next episode of Let's Talk Motorsports. Um, that'll probably come out early next week as well as, you know, some information that whatever hurt happens over this weekend that's coming up. So hopefully um, I'll just be covering these last two weeks and be able to be back on track with the rest of the seasons. Um, but what I will draw my attention to is the fact that Francesco Bagnahe moving from seventh to second in utterly amazing fashion. I, yes, you know, other riders. Uh, I forgot who the hell won first because I was so busy, busy tied up in his in his rise up those ranks. It was an amazing. Uh, it was an amazing um, journey to watch. Basically, not necessarily a journey, but it was a, it, it was an amazing fight to watch. I should say he was pushing himself, pushing the bike, and he was doing everything necessary to make over to to, to overtake, uh, to defend against overtakes, and to continue to push and, and and eliminate any type of you know non-focused from the track you know what i'm saying he was able to just stay focused do what he had to do get it done and execute perfectly um shit he did so well as a matter of fact valentino rossi uh was in second place damn near the entirety of the race you know the goat the greatest of all time in moto gp you know standards whatever uh hasn't been able to hit podium in a minute now but francesco um was able to come from seventh fought his way up took over overtook uh, Rossi for a second, and then 
was able to defend it against god damn it number 26 that's all i could tell you i know his number i just forgot his name number 26 uh for third with rossi finishing in fourth that was just the thing that i had to see because that fight was amazing that fight was dope ah that's all i could tell you about that one all right now I am in the MotoGP section of this video of this uh, podcast, so we're gonna continue with MotoGP stuff. <laughs> now, MotoGP is testing rider radio warning systems at Masano, which had occurred today. So I will let you guys know what happened with that stuff next week. They tested on a few riders, not everyone, uh, to see how well it would help or whatever the case may be. But let me tell let me tell you about what it is. Now. The radio warning systems uh, go like this. Basically, riders were riding fast. They're riding at about 100, 150 miles an hour around turns and shit. They can't see every fucking thing. They're focused on the track. They're not necessarily focused on the sides of the fucking track where the red flags normally come from, where yellow flags normally come from. So, I feel like the rider warning system would allow an auditory in their helmet, an auditory signal in their helmet, to let them know, yo, slow down, ease off, break off, break, break up, pay attention, something's going on up, 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 up somewhere on the track. The perfect example was of that was during the, um, actually during the MotoGP, the Moto, a Moto Two race that occurred uh, recently. Actually, I'm gonna pull up the article for y'all. Um, I need to just find the article for a second, but I know exactly where this is at. This is just, hold on. Where is it? Where is it? So I can read it for you. Boom. Okay. So how it goes is like this. There was a big crash, a big crash. Now I'll read the article for y'all right here. Just a little bit of that. Now. On Friday, Honda Stefan Brattle tested a radio communication system on the bike upon request from Dorna Sports as part of a push to introduce a new means of warning riders of on-track hazards after the events of the Austria doubleheader. During the Moto, the Moto 2 Austrian Grand Prix, Bastianini crashed exiting the first corner and he and his bike were left in the middle of the track with Asper's... Havish Siaran, Havish, I don't know how to say these people's names, man. Jeez, unsighted uh, behind another rider as he pulled out into the path and struck um, Bastianini's bike. Okay, Bastianini's bike was still laid out on the track. And um, a couple riders had passed it. A couple riders had missed narrowly. I can't stress that enough. Narrowly missed him and the bike. But... The next rider coming up, just whatever his name is, I don't know how to say it. Siren, I'm gonna just call you Siren. He was, he came up and he was behind another rider. Let me, he was behind another rider, okay, trying to drap and then came out to make an overtake move, which resulted, but during that overtake move, he came out to the middle of the track where the bike was. And that's 170 miles an hour into a fucking bike. Something's wrong. <laughs> Something's going to go wrong. And sure enough, it did. His bike resulting in a big crash. Pieces flying. Bike flipping. He's full send into the air and down onto the ground and off the side of the track. Hopefully, everything is okay. I forgot to research about his health, honestly. But hopefully, he is okay. Yeah, he escaped serious injury. Um, 
But um, and nobody nobody was struck by no debris or anything like that. Um, and then of course there's there was the big uh, crash in the MotoGP race between Johan Zarco and Franco Morbidelli, where they crashed. And I'm sure plenty of people, if you're interested in MotoGP at all, saw the video of the bike flying right past, like literally, like this close to Rossi's helmet and Rossi's head. So. Uh, Obviously, I could understand the 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 big the the big need for the um, rider warning system. Uh, let's see. A lot of people said the other week with the red flag, they didn't see it. You know what I'm saying? They didn't see the red flag for so many laps, and they didn't get it on the dashboard while some riders did. That was true. I think in that sense, it might be good. You know what I'm saying? For 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 like the 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 case of for this right here, I am 100% behind it. 110% behind this move by MotoGP. It is un I I don't understand why it hasn't been implemented beforehand. It, it, it's clear that it's needed with the amount of crashes of the amount of multiple crashes that happen based off of the fact that guys just don't see guys just don't see the red flags and they don't see the yellow flags to slow down. They don't see these things to ease off, to pull to pull back the throttle to you know what I'm saying to 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 release the throttle and slow the fuck down. Things they need to pay attention to what's going on up front. But guys are going so fast, guys are going moving, doing all these things, focusing on just the track, focusing on the race, focusing on what's going on with the bike. They're not thinking about no fucking red flag until they actually get a glimpse of it. Until they actually get a glimpse of it, basically that red flag has to be in their sight line. They're not gonna be out here. What? Oh, red flag. Damn, let me stop. No. They're gonna be They're gonna be more of like focused. On a track. Oh, shit. Was that a red flag? Might look back. Oh, damn. That was a red flag. Let me slow down. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? That's how that, that goes down. I feel as though with, with this rider warning system, they'll be able to be like, crash up front. Slow down. Red flag. Red flag on a court. Red flag on a track. Red flag. Yellow flag. Yellow flag. Red, you know what I'm saying? They're able to listen and get that auditory nest and get that auditory, you know, um, signal. That auditory warning like, yo. Something's wrong. Slow down. You need to back off. Okay. No passing and nothing like that is allowed anyway. Just back off. Slow down. Boom. Okay. Cool. So I'm definitely 100%, 110% behind this move. Um, some people are worried that it will jump into a Formula One-esque type uh, uh, way where, you know, full rider communication systems from teams to riders will be used. Honestly, is that so bad? Is that so bad? In, in my... I. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. You know, I've had uh, communication systems in my helmets and stuff like that. But is it really that bad? I don't think so. I think that that might that might be beneficial. You know, no longer will you have to bring out you know, that. You know, I've I've watched MotoGP races where they bring out the sign and be like, "Yo," you know. And while they're going over, they gotta look at the shit and see that they're one lap up, this many seconds behind, or yada yada. You know what I'm saying? That kind of stuff. So I feel as though. Moving into a full Formula One esque uh, communication system for the MotoGP is not going to be that bad, you know what I'm saying? But hey, he's slowing down up front. You're picking up speed. Keep going on him, rather than the riders having to gauge that shit themselves and having to fit and, and thinking that okay, I don't think I'm going to catch him. I might as well just try and defend. No, keep that. Keep on attack. Keep on attack. You know, you know the engineer or whatever could come over like, no man, keep on attack. Do not slow down. You're able to. You're you're right behind him. This many seconds split, he's slowing down, you know, catch him, catch him, catch him. And 
I feel like that would just make it even better. That would just make it a more, uh, a even more competitive sport, which I don't think anyone will complain about. I, I think that'll be one of the best things that'll ever happen to MotoGP. I just don't understand why it wasn't there before. I don't understand why it wasn't there beforehand. I think it should be there, and I think they should keep that system for a long period of time. Obviously, there's some kinks that have to work out because they never used this shit before. But they, if they follow in Formula One's footsteps, they'll be able to get this done fairly quickly, fairly easily. Be able to implement this in in into the entire next season. Now, obviously, there's going to be some riders that don't want it. There's going to be some riders that do. But I mean, they can standardize it. Okay, they can make it a rule. Yo, you got to have some type of communication system here. Just simply, even if it's not you talking to your team, but it's just, you know, the uh, auditory warning about, yo, red flag, yellow flag, some shit like that. Um, I'm all for it. All for it. Uh, Okay, moving on. Now, there have been... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Actually, in the Marino Grand Prix, I'm not done with that. Yeah. Mm. Excuse me again. In the, uh, eh, never mind. Anyway, this is still Marino. Yeah, in the Marino Grand Prix, um, Quattaro, 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 however you say his name, Paul Espargaro. Paul, okay, yeah, wrong guy. Sorry, Paul Espargaro had a crash in the opening stages of uh, the MotoGP in San Marino. Okay, um, in the Q2 uh, qualifying second session, for those of you who don't race, that don't know what Q2 means. Um, so, he says that he uh, burnt through his tires in Q1 and had, had had to use a used front tire and a brand new rear tire. Now, for a track that's mainly front grip on, on uh, in, in San Marino, he lost that front. Okay, he lost that front, especially when you have way more grip in the rear than you do in the front. He lost the front end of the bike and... Um, just crashed. That's all I can tell you. He just had a he just had a, a pretty uh, a, a pretty crash, a pretty crash, a pretty nasty crash. But it wasn't that bad because it was. You know what I'm saying? It was just a little. But he had a crash. Um, also, he admits that he has been. You know, his mind has been elsewhere. Um, and not fully focused on the bike and the races. Now, I'm not sure what occurred in Masano. I have to catch up on that. That that race did occur today. Um, but I'm it. Hopefully everything is okay with him. Hopefully he's able to get everything where it needs to be. Hopefully his mind is 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 at ease with whatever has been you know biting at him, and he's able to actually focus on the bike and focus on the race, focus on the track, and execute and do what he needs to do. Get good for pole position and get some points in. Um, now Morbidelli, uh, Morbidelli Franco is it Franco Morbidelli? Yes, Franco Morbidelli. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, man. Uh, Franco Morbidelli on his home stage, you know, when riders are, are, are at their home track or whatever, at their home stage, at their con- host country track or something like that, they're able to uh, wear customized helmets. Now, of course, a couple of other guys had customized helmets as well, but I'm mainly just talking about Morbidelli's. Now, Morbidelli's uh, helmet says he wanted to tackle... Morbidelli states that he wanted to tackle racism with the helmet that he chose, with the helmet design that he chose, and I will bring that up right now. Now, the way it goes is this. Um, Racism and diversity have been topics at the forefront in sport in 2020 in light of the Black Lives Matter protests and stuff of that nature. Um, 
as is traditional for Italian riders at their home events, like I said, Morbidelli was one of several to debut a special helmet design on Saturday, which featured himself depicted as a character from the Spike Spike Lee award-winning film Do the Right Thing. I've seen this movie when I was younger. Great message. So I could tell you definitely go watch it. Uh if you haven't, it's worthwhile. Um, a movie that tackles racial tensions and violence in America. Morbidelli, whose father is Italian and mother is Brazilian, uh, also has the phrase equality printed in numerous languages on the back of his helmet. Explaining his new helmet design, he said, When I decided to make the special helmet for this event, I wanted to deal with a big manner and a big topic, which is racism. Um, he said, But I wanted to also hug the whole 2020 year, because this 2020 started in a really bad way, and many, many not likable things happened in the world in 2020. We're trying to put on, put up a show for the audience, and we're trying to make the audience feel good. So I wanted to treat the topic with some lightness, not being heavy. What that means, you know what I'm saying? You want to definitely bring attention to the conversation. You want to bring attention to the topic, but you don't want to be overbearing about the situation. Um, and he continues and says, and there is a Spike Lee movie that uh, treats this matter in a great. It's called uh, Do the Right Thing. There is the character that at one point in the movie just says, stop all the bullshit. Stop hating each other. And he calls it time up. Um, so I wanted to put myself in his clothes and step myself on the helmet. And also, I wanted to send an equality message um, on the back in different languages, because I think it's one of the most important things I remember. Uh, important things to remember i think it's important to remember that we are all the same the coronavirus reminded us this in a bad way but we need to remember it also for the good days so i think it's it was the best message to send in the lightest way possible all righty now honestly the helmet design itself was fucking cool as shit it was cool it was it was super dope that's (laughs) Um, if you guys don't know what the helmet looks like, I definitely, well, check up the, uh, head to the YouTube version, head to, um, you know, uh, look up Tyree Wardrop in the search bar. That way you could actually, you know, get to my channel, T-A-R-I-G-W-A-L-D-R-O-N for the video version where I uh, will be showing you the designs of his helmet. It will actually be, you know, going over the design of his helmet and things of that nature where you can see, uh, the equality, um, stuff in different languages and, uh, you could actually take a look at the helmet yourself. Now, moving from that, you know, there, there's, you know, plenty of racing or plenty of, um, not, I don't want to say racial stuff going on with um, racing, but there is a number of stuff that has gone on with the racing industry and with, with the motorsports industry, uh, with Hamilton being a number one spokesman for BLM. With number with a number of sportsmen for BLM with uh you know for you know the Formula One racing stuff and things like that nature because he is after all African American he is black um and he is you know speaking up doing whatever necessary um whatever he can do I guess to raise more awareness and 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 to let more people know that yo this ain't right this ain't how it's gonna go and I'm fully agreeing with it obviously I'm black but um. <laughs> Uh, and Morbidelli, thank you for speaking up. Thank you for doing what you do. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, you could actually raise your voice, but uh, doing this nice and subtle, I like it. It's dope, and the design itself is fucking amazing. I don't know who put that together, but it's dope. Uh, 
That is obviously, that is definitely fantastic. If I could put that on my helmet, I would. Don't know how much it would cost. I ain't rich. So, <laughs> no, no, I just stick with my solid black. Um, but transfer, you know, you know, um, obviously that racial tension has been, you know, the hot button issue all of 2020, as well as the this uh, COVID stuff with all the uh, riots and, and um, not riots, but all the protesting. Obviously, there are riots, but I'm here for the protests. With all the protesting and stuff that has happened, not only in America, but globally, um, obviously, riders and races uh, and drivers are definitely going to be a part of that forefront. You know, everybody in the, in the, in the entertainment his, in the entertainment business, in the entertainment industry has showcased what side they're on. And that's just clear. You know, now we're moving away from the MotoGP, but we're jumping right into the NASCAR <laughs> incident that still revolves around the racial or the you know that that diversity tension that that's happening. Um, Mike Wallace has been indefinitely suspended from NASCAR by violating the behavioral policy. Now I've I'm a fan of NASCAR. <laughs> Don't take that the wrong way. Don't take that as like some kind of whoa. What the fuck? Like you the whitest black guy? No, no. I just enjoy sports with. I just enjoy anything with a motor. Honestly, um, quite, quite a story. Quite a story. I've 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 actually watched. You know, I've seen Mike Wallace. Um, uh, now if you don't know, uh, there's the. Hall of Famer Mike Wallace is the brother of uh, the NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace. I've I've watched Rusty. I've seen a little bit of Mike. Now let me just read this article real quick. It's real quick, real simple. He most recently completed in three NASCAR Xfinity Series races this year at the Indianapolis Road Course, Road America, and the Daytona Road Course. Wallace has started over 800 races among NASCAR's three national divin- three national divisions winning five truck races and four Xfinity races. A social media post from Wallace violated this section of NASCAR's behavioral policy. Public statement and or communication that criticizes, ridicules, or otherwise disparages another person based upon that person's race, color, creed, national origin, gender, sexual orientation, marital status, status, religion, age, or handicap and condition. In order for... In order to be reinstated, Wallace must first complete sensitivity training. Now, there are a lot of Wallaces in the fucking NASCAR world. It doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> there are so many damn Wallaces. There's Bubba Wallace. You know what I'm saying? I don't think Bubba Wallace is related to the, to the other fellas at all. But there's Bubba Wallace as well. Uh, Bubba Wallace is an African-American driver uh, with NASCAR. If you don't know who that is, definitely check into what he is doing things. And he's, you know, putting in a front door, putting in a, a step, putting a step in the in the right direction for uh, people of color in the NASCAR world. Um, obviously, it's mainly dominated by, you know, Southerners and stuff of that nature. And But... We're slowly assimilating and uh, rising and, and joining the ranks of these of these uh, different races that have been, you know, fully um, Caucasian dominated and, you know, showing that we are why 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 we're the best at everything. And I'm honest. Opinion. <laughs> um, so that's just my little segue uh, with the NASCAR. So that's all I really have for NASCAR. That was the only thing I really cared for to say, um, you know, a couple of truck series wins here and there. Uh, maybe I'll talk about it in the next episode. I might. I might not. If you want to check it up, 
if you want to look into it, definitely feel free. You know, check into it yourself. Uh, you can find all that racing stuff on YouTube, or you could go to my number one source, motorsport.com. That's where I like to find all my articles. That's where I like to find all my news about this kind of stuff. Uh, or just checking on YouTube. You know what I'm saying. Going into the W E C, what that stands for? Drum roll. World Endurance Championship. I don't know why that was a drum roll for that. It it doesn't matter, bro. It doesn't matter. Uh, man. Oh, if you're enjoying this right now, you know what I'm saying? If, if, if you're enjoying the episode, if you're enjoying the energy, if you're enjoying, you know, listening to my wonderful studio sexy voice, feel free to rate this, you know, five stars, Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts and stuff of that nature, too. Um, but the factory, uh, Janetta. Their G60 LTP1 that was entered under the Team LNT banner has been, ooh, my bad, my bad, has been um pulled out of. <laughs> I got a dirty mind, bro. Has been uh recently removed from the LMP1 uh, entries that now brings it from six down to five simply because of the fact that there has been a COVID uh infection spike in France. Um. Obviously, you know, the round has been rescheduled to September 19th. I'm pretty sure that's also going to be on basically every racing channel that you can find, even ESPN, if nothing is going on, you know, with like NBA or stuff like that. But uh, that's definitely going to be on those channels. So tune into that. There's clearly going to be a bunch of streaming stuff and all that stuff like that. But um, yeah, with them pulling out at least five entries uh, for the LMP1 class, um, if for those that don't know what LMP1 stands for, it means Le Mans prototype. Le Mans, well, Le Mans or Le Mans, if you're saying it with the accent, but you know, for the American people, it's Le Mans. Um, that is, in my personal opinion, one of the best races ever, <laughs> uh, especially 24 hours. Cause you could catch it at any point in the day. It is an, endu- it is the thoroughbred, uh, endurance race that I enjoy watching that I enjoy seeing. Um, now, uh, that brings the total entries out of all the classes down to 59. Obviously, you know, from last year, that last year was at like 63 or 64, something of that, uh, pretty strong. So obviously not changed up too much, not changed up that much, but Janetta has taken us, taken their car out, but they have said that they will just be focusing on testing and revising the cars and getting them better and getting them ready for the 2021 season. Can't wait to see what they're about to do and can't wait to see what type of badassery they're going to bring. Um, moving into Rallycross news, Rally has now, you know, implemented, uh, electric cars, fully kitted electric Rallycross cars, and I've actually sat and watched videos of Ken Block testing and Ken Block driving and 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 put putting down some real seat time in these electric cars, not only for uh, full-on rally stages but also rallycross as well. And uh, an event that happened recently, or well, not recently, but a good minute ago, um, known as Project E, that I just recently noticed. Cause I'm just now finding out about this project, this this electric rally cross stuff. Um, honestly, I feel as though with the way that this electric stuff works, that I think qualifying won't really matter. Like your qualifying times won't matter. It'll be more just about uh, just about how you do at the start of the race. How like how well you uh you you catch that light basically, simply because of the fact that electric cars, the way that they operate. 
on the gas or well no not on the gas, i guess on the battery um it's practically instantaneous there's no you know there's 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 no uh there's no latency basically so as soon as you switch over to that throttle it's right on so i feel as though it's just about who has the best reaction time uh that's how it's going to dictate the start the starting of the race and then from there it's just a matter of defending and um performing and executing how you need to um now i know you know what i feel like that means for the sport simply is just um people who fall back people who are falling back in the qualifying or people who are just not as fast as these other guys now have a contention uh at the start of the race like i just explained simply because of the fact that the way that those you know those things work is damn near instantaneous so they should be able to um reach into that into that bar into that bag and and pull something out the ass and actually you know perform and from there obviously they can still get overtaken and stuff like that but you know it gives them that fighting edge at the beginning of the race and then they can showcase what they're really made of how well they drive how well they move around and how well they can craft um lines and overtake and all that kind of stuff um cutting uh going from that we're going into the dtm for those of you that don't know what that is i don't know how to say it in the actual language but it means german touring masters robert kubica i talked about him in the last episode he is the guy that i relatively have my eye on uh with bmw um he always seems to have a reason <coughs> excuse <coughs> of as to why he never finishes what he wants to um he qualified 10th uh, which is a pretty good, you know, qualifying, a uh, pretty good place to start on the starting grid. It's just his execution is poor. Don't get me wrong. He was doing fairly well at the beginning of the race, and he was keeping pace with all the other riders, moving from, I believe, 10th to 8th or something like that, and then f- went to pit stop, uh, took a pit stop, and after that just couldn't do anything, couldn't execute, couldn't perform. Now, the way that he chalked it up was simply like this, tire pressure. Now, I understand tire pressure, very important tire pressure can dictate the conditions, don't get me wrong, it was wet, it was raining, but stuff was starting to dry up and all this other kind of stuff with different, you know, um, levels of the track, one section was patched up wet, the other section was dry, simply he chalks it up as a hey, bad tire pressure, couldn't get enough uh, grip, couldn't get enough traction to, to, to really pull through and do what I needed to do, um, couldn't get the right, you know, style of driving that I wanted and, you know, had to fight the tires basically um what i say to that man suck it up you could have done a little bit better than what you did rather than having no points you could have at least finished in a position where you did have points um i mean i don't i don't know nothing about you know uh the dtm but i feel like in those conditions with the tires that he had yeah he still had he still had wet tires stuff was drying up a little bit but he still could have performed better than he did that's just my take on it so he couldn't keep pace and he dropped to 15th that sucks that really does suck for him um now bmw's rising star is mr i don't know how to say his fucking name (laughs) sheldon vandalin sorry sheldon vandalin is um bmw's rising star he has proven that he is the better driver has proven that he is the best uh he is the best out of what they have to you know offer now, some say that Sheldon was, you know, um, fortunate <laughs> and lucky uh, in his maiden win in the DTM simply because of the fact of, you know, a red flag. 
they're they're talking his win up to a red flag. I call that bullshit. The man performed the way he was supposed to. A win is a win, whether it's by an inch or a motherfucking mile. He did what he was supposed to when he got the W. I'm gonna read this article right here. Uh, just a, just a little excerpt. Um, he said Vanderbilt himself admitting winning was the last thing on his mind. Uh, when he lined up at 14th on the grid for the second race on a damp Aston circuit, BMW had struggled the entire time to match Audi um, in their lap-to-lap performance. But with uh, they pulled Sheldon, they pulled Sheldon Vanderland out early uh, on lap 10 to change up his tires, give him some fresh wet tires, and from there he was able to uh, showcase that he can overtake these leaders. You know, frog. What is that? Frog leaping? Leapfrogging? There you go. Leapfrogging from racer to racer, just overtaking and performing and executing perfect, perfectly with every overtake and bringing himself into that top stage and that top level. And now the other riders from Audi, obviously those guys are... You know, top of the line, top of the line races, and being that you know BMW knew that their cars couldn't compete with the Audis, um, Vanderland had a fight on his hands. Those those Audi drivers knew perfectly well that they could have made this a way more challenging fight for him, a way more challenging uh, win for him as well, putting hella pressure on him and and getting him to maybe panic, and then them coming in for the win. But there was a crash by WRT Audi uh, driver. I forgot his name, but he crashed on lap twenty two. And from there, there was a red flag. That red flag then stopped the race. All the all the drivers had to go back to the pits. What that means is they now have the opportunity to change tires and to recondition the cars. Now, from there, uh, Sheldon Vanderland was able to change his tires, get a fresh pair of tires, get a fresh pair of wet tires on. Not pair. Squad? Quad? Quad? of Whatever. A fresh pair of wet tires on and was able to, from then continue to keep the lead and race and uh and and actually get the w and actually get the win i don't care what nobody says that i ain't chalking that up to luck the man performed and he did what he was supposed to for his maiden victory i give him all the props in the world congratulations sheldon vandalin keep doing what you're doing keep doing and keep executing and keep performing the way you have been uh you've obviously showcased that you are the best in bmw's ranks um moving on to the final real like section of this uh of this podcast i just want to give you a little bit of a little dapple of inspiration you know what i'm saying a little a little thing to keep your mind at you know keep your mind up now i'm gonna talk it like this I myself have been have been a racer and have been you know doing my own type of things and doing my own type of journey in in the race world in the race industry wasn't that long but it, it, it happened okay um what that does to your mind especially with me i had a different type of situation i had you know kind of twice the situation basically because not only is it the fact of like the normal race jitters like yo how am i going to perform what am i going to do uh am i going to win am i going to do well am i going to fucking crash aside not even that but the fact that i'm a fucking black guy <laughs> Well, all these fucking white people right here. Like, it's not, I'm not trying to make it racist or nothing like that. But it's like, I don't see any other, I don't see anyone like me here ready, like, racing like I'm racing. Or doing like I'm doing. I And I don't want to, I, I, I don't know if I, like, put the pressure 
of 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 that on me myself because you know other guys didn't really care you know what i'm saying but i don't know if i made it harder for myself thinking about that like man i want to do good i want to show them that i could do this shit. i want to show them that you know we could do this shit that you know y'all ain't the only ones that drive you know what i'm saying yeah we do good basketball we do good at football but we drive too and that's kind of what i wanted to get across when i did that when I did my racing, but you know, for the most part, it's mainly just relaxing your mind, getting some music in you, you know, chilling, relax, just focusing on what you have to do, focusing on the plan, get a goal in mind, and then from there, pursue that goal, do what you have to do to get to that goal, and finish off and execute. That's the number one thing. Make your goal, plan your goal, now you execute the plan for the goal. That's what you got to do when it's time, when, when you when you feel at ease, just make a plan. Make a goal, make a plan, execute. Simple. Nothing hard, nothing difficult. Relax your mind, make a goal, make a plan, execute. Um, you know, even with like interviews or whatever, you know what I'm saying? You, your goal is the job. You make the plan as to, yeah, I got this certification, this certification. Um, I have this skill, this background. I'm going to share that information with y'all, whether you want to hear it or not, just so that it's out in the air that I am fully qualified for this job and I believe I should get it. And then it's just a matter of executing that, letting them know, yo, this is what it is and this is how it's going to be. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and actually getting what you wanted and actually getting your goal. You know what I'm saying? Once you relax your mind, you're able to do all that. You're able to do all those things. Um, yeah, you can do that with music, whatever. Another thing, or reading a book, shit, whatever the hell that that that, that actually cools you down, calms you down, and relaxes your mind. Um, another thing is doing something new. Don't be afraid to do something new. Like right now, for this podcast, right now, I've been doing you know the the podcast for a minute, but now I'm actually jumping into the video podcast realm and actually gonna be able to you know put this stuff on YouTube and shit like that. So. You know, I was always a little bit frantic about putting my face and stuff like this attached with the actual uh, show. But eh, I decided, you know what? Ain't no, ain't no need to be afraid of that. Just do what I got to do. Actually, you know, do do the necessary things and um, just try it. Try it. See what it do. And if it does do well, shit, best believe I will be doing more. I will be doing it again. Um, probably might continue this format uh, for the entirety of the series, for the entirety of, you know, everything that I'm talking about. Um, for as long as I can keep it up. So if you guys do want to check out the video version of this podcast, head over to youtube.com and uh, that way you could just look up Tyreek Waldron. That's T-A-R-I-G-W-A-L-D-R-O-N. And you can check out the video version of this podcast there on my channel. Um, from that point, that's basically all I got to say. Thank you for watching. Uh, uh, and hopefully you tune in for the next episode that's coming out early next week. Um, Monday or Tuesday, those are usually my upload schedules, you know, in the early section of the week. Um, Wednesday or before. That's just how I operate. Um, if you guys want to, you know, talk to me or whatever, give me some notes, you know, talk to me, uh, find out if I could talk about these topics or give my opinions on certain topics, definitely feel free to hit me up on uh, Twitter at the Big Ticket 07 um, and on my Instagram at Tariq Waldron, S T A R I G W A L D R O N, same as the YouTube channel. And um, from there, just, uh, you know, hit me up with some topics or whatever the case may be. But um, last but not least, if you enjoyed, rate this five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. And, you know, share with your peoples, all that good stuff, man. Peace. Oh, actually, no, not peace yet. 
congratulations to Cameron Bobier uh, with the Moto America. I will be talking more about that on the next episode. So just tune in and uh, be ready for that talk. Peace. Have a wonderful day. Adios to all my peoples. Um, and if you do race, drive safe. You know what I'm saying? Ride safe. All that good stuff.